Listeners, and welcome aboard Costume Station Zero. I'm Bob Mitch, and today I'm with a woman of many faces, many costumes. You might have seen her at Dragon Con, San Diego Comic Con, or WonderCon, as uh, many different characters such as Spider Woman, the Silk Spectre, Miss Marvel, Supergirl, or Genderbent Superman. So please welcome Kit Quinn. Hello. Uh, so, Kit, tell me about the beginning. What, what got you into cosplay? What attracted you to this hobby? Uh, that would be back in 2007, mm-hmm. I followed my best friend, Tala Silver, to San Diego Comic-Con. She had been doing it for a couple years, and it looked like a ton of fun, and I really wanted to go. And finally, 2007, the stars aligned, nah, so nah. I was able to suit up and head out. <laughs> what, mm-hmm. what was the first costume? Technically, on the very first day, the first costume was Sailor Mars, but I had three costumes that show because uh, I go big or I go home, it seems. <laughs> uh, I wanted to kill myself, and I made Sailor Mars, and then I wore Snow White, mm-hmm. and uh, the Cheshire Cat. We did a whole Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland style group before that... Tim Burton did it. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Ahead of Give the curve. Just off. Now, uh, did you get big into Halloween as a child? Yeah, Halloween was one of the events where I would wear the costume for like the month after and demand one costume at the beginning of the month and need a different one at the end of the month and yeah I was all about that I'm pretty sure I had a Princess Belle like Disney's Belle ball gown Mm -hmm. that I sewed that sucker up so many times after I would rip it it didn't matter I was still rocking that ball gown (laughs) Uh, would you say that was your, your favorite childhood Halloween costume Hmm. No, no. Definitely the Pink Ranger. That would be my favorite one. Okay. All right. I probably won. I probably was the Pink Ranger a couple years in a row from like kindergarten, <laughs> first grade, second grade. Oh, my poor mother, because the Pink Ranger sold out like everywhere. Mm-hmm. She had to go to store to store to store to find me the freaking Pink Ranger costume because I was not going to be the Yellow Ranger. I wanted to be the Pink Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> and then my little brother was the Red Ranger. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I, I, fi- I find that yeah, the favorites get busted out a lot. I actually, I was always finding an excuse to wear Superman or James Bond throughout the year, mm-hmm. be outside of Halloween. Were you the same way? I actually didn't rock the costumes much outside of Halloween. I don't know what was up with that. And now Halloween came around, and I was all about it. <laughs> hey, yeah, you think I'd have wanted the costumes more often, but no. I don't remember needing to. <laughs> it's just the yearly fix, and then you were okay for a while. 
Well, I did do it for like a month, so mm-hmm. I guess there's that. No, I get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to say <laughs> when, it was one night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, I guess I wouldn't take it off for a month, so I'd get my yearly fix all in that one month. <laughs> <laughs> um, so clearly you had the bug before you even did the convention circuit. Um, yeah, I even knew they existed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're you're brought into this world by your friend, and um, and what what was your reaction to it? I mean, clearly you, you took to it well, but you weren't overwhelmed or anything like that. No, um, I think I started 2007 was kind of the last of the good years of Comic Con, where you could still walk up and buy a ticket at the door. Well, was it that year? I thought it was. I guess you're right. I, no, I, I didn't. You could still buy a ticket 2008, I want to say, at the door. 2009, I think, is the first year it got a little vicious. Oh, because I remember, I think it was 06, they had that fire marshal uh, issue, remember? where? Oh, had, really? Yeah. Yeah, didn't know that. Uh, well, it was, uh, of course, your first year was 07. I keep assuming <laughs> everyone's just been going forever. No, it's, um, yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying, though, because I started going in 01. And uh, that was a great time because it was mm-hmm. just big enough where it was like, wow, this is big, but it was very manageable. And yes, exactly as you said, you could go to the door and still buy a ticket. And it took planning, but it wasn't like strategic yeah. battle planning like it is now. Um, yeah, you don't have to assemble the army to get on the phones exactly at the right time to try to get the hotel. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And right, and months and months ahead, getting the hotel and then getting the ticket and everything. Yeah. Out. It's, it is insane now. It really is. Um and I, I guess we can blame, what, uh, uh, the state of pop culture or the, uh, the internet for that? I'm not sure. I know, right? It is a little curious. Who, whose fault is <laughs> Who did it? Who do I need to smack? Is it my fault? Is it me and the wave that came mm-hmm. kind of 2007? Am I part of that second wave blow it up people? I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, it's been kind of waves, I've noticed. There's, there was a wave that, um, like, they've been going forever. And then I think the, like, 2006 to like 2010 there was a huge growth and after that it's just ah everybody's in a costume except at comic-con because you can't get a ticket so (laughs) so down at that convention but everywhere else i've noticed just an explosion uh you're you're speaking specifically of of the cosplay yes of Mm -hmm. cosplay and well i guess people in general in general too Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean more conventions keep popping up and they keep growing and not floundering and failing so right which seems to be the way it used to be it would be a convention would come up and maybe go for a year or two and then just kind of disappear because you know neither there was an audience or something i mean i, I hate to say that because i love a good con but that mm-hmm. seemed to be the way it went before and now it seems assuming that you kind of half know what you're doing um a convention can fl- uh, do quite nicely and yeah. uh you're right i've um i've seen the cosplay thing. I mean, I, I remember cosplay in the early 90s, but it wasn't what it is now. And uh, even in 01, I remember seeing a lot of people in costume at Comic-Con. But as the people have grown, so has the cosplay. And I, I would, I would, yeah, I would point to that. Starting around mid-2000s, um, mm-hmm. it started to, you started to really notice it. And then you're right, it's it, it's been, I would say, yeah, since 07, 08, it's been this utter explosion. And every time I keep waiting for the wave to break, and yeah, start to see <laughs> no and i'm just like wow but it's gotta eventually in a way i want it to because it's almost too much but in another way i'm like no it's great there's so much out there and to do and so many no it is a conflicting thing exactly exactly yeah so I, i'm i am a little of two minds about it but it anyway, is kind of breaking at comic-con just because the ticket issue you're right you're right about comic-con you're well, right that's the only one <laughs> <laughs> right so it's for it's for reasons out of people's control really you're right yeah. mm-hmm Mm, but uh, crafty uh, 
Let, let's talk a little um, about conventions before we dip into your specific costumes. Um, now, you say you, you go to, oh, gosh, what did you say? How many conventions Almost per year? Almost a dozen a year. That's crazy. That's I know. That's this is nuts. a heavy year. It is a little insane. Um, so I know your your main cons are, are Dragon Con, uh, Comic Con, Wonder Con, and Kamikaze. Yeah. Uh, before we get into those, what, what are the other smaller cons you like to go to? Let's see here. So, well, I start my year out with Anime Los Angeles. I generally go to that for a day because it's close, it's cute, yeah. it's fun. Mm-hmm. I like it. I, it gives me a reason to crack out the anime costumes I have in the arsenal. And by costumes, I mean Sailor Mars. I know what I like. Got it. <laughs> got it. So we got ALA, and then we go to Emerald City Comic Con up in Seattle, which I hope to get to next year, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year I added in PAX East because Marvel was generous enough. Well, I should say Gazillion was generous enough and Marvel Heroes wanted us to hang out and help out at the booth this year. Awesome. So I went to PAX East mm-hmm. and then we had WonderCon. Coming up we'll have Big Wow up in San Jose. Oh, I'll so be I'm there. Excited. Cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's my first year. I'm jazzed. Oh, awesome, so, Con. You'll have a great time. I'm heading home for it, you know? It's right, right. Times. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, Anime Expo, which I'll probably head to for a day or two. Maybe mm-hmm. try to make something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Diego Comic Con, uh, Dragon Con. Then, Co- oh wait, last year we had New York. I don't know if New York's going to happen this year though. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have Kamikaze, and probably Nuke the Fridge. And I hope I haven't forgotten anybody. I think that's this year's lineup. Okay. All right. And you're talking about wanting to add Gallifrey 1 to the list. Yes. That's in February, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was so bummed I missed it this year. But hey, it was like I was almost there since I helped you guys build that big old suction cup monster. Yes. Yes. Thank you again so much for that. I got to your head and alginate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was an experience, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a cold, cold, slimy experience for you that I was so happy to be a part of. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it was. Uh, I, I, it was listening to the uh, the soothing sounds of Flash Gordon in the background that kept me going. All uh, we had for you, buddy. <laughs> that like a, a heat gun fan thingy. That's true. You don't think it gets that cold in L.A. till uh, you're here in January and uh, you have your shirt off. Yeah, <laughs> in a and cold it's like Ten o'clock at night, and we're throwing <laughs> wet plaster bandages and slimy alginate all over your head. Yes, yes. But hey, it, it paid off. Uh, the, the creature was great. For, for those listening, we are referring to the Zygon build, which um, uh, I do have a very detailed blog about. I'll, I'll repost the link for anyone curious. But um, yes, it's a great con. You should go. Unfortunately, it is sold out, but uh, there are ticket transfers that will be happening throughout the year. So it's not like all I'll hope is I'll find my way. Yeah, I'm sure you'll find a way. way. <laughs> yes. um, but it is, it's an awesome t- uh, time. Are you, uh, are you much of a, a Who fan? I am actually. I recently got into it. Well, I guess not recently. I'd give us give us nine months now. But for some who fans, that's pretty recent. Mm-hmm. I just finished the full run of the new stuff. The from Eccleston through Smith. Or yeah, just... from Eccleston on mm-hmm. nine on. And uh, we'll see. Stephen, uh, my boyfriend, is the keeper of the television, so I have to convince him to go download and find me older episodes if I want to start watching those. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I highly enjoy it. I did. It took me a while to warm up to it, but mm-hmm. I found out that I started watching uh, the worst episodes first, and then moved on to good stuff. So I really put myself at a great disadvantage for liking that show. Oh, okay. Um, you didn't just start in order and just go chronological. No, I kind of dumb lucked into. Uh, back in college, I had BBC on the TV, so I would 
dumb luck stumble into some Doctor Who episodes, and I just I picked the ones where the Doctor wasn't really in it, oh. or they were just bad episodes. Ah. Somehow that is what happened when I would turn on the TV and Doctor Who was on. So I saw those and I went, "What? What is the deal with this? Why do people like this show? I don't understand." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I started from the beginning with Eccleston and the first few episodes. Again, if you're starting with the shitty episodes I started with, and then you're starting at the beginning of this with still not a lot to go on, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Why are people obsessed? Mm-hmm. And then I jumped to some Matt Smith episodes, saw some highlights of Tenet, and went, oh, okay, I get it. Let's start over. Let's let, redo. Let's go. I'm on, <laughs> I'm on board. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to do a Ten costume because I found a suit, so... So yeah, are you doing a, what they call a like a fem ten or do like a straight ten? Yeah, it would be a fem ten because I found a brown pinstripe suit mm-hmm. that looked just like his mm-hmm. uh, with a skirt, and it fit me perfect. So I'm like, well, I guess this has to happen then. Nice. Fate decided it is so. <laughs> Love it when the moons align. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I do find that with TV shows. I mean, anything that you get into, fandom wise or or even casual wise, that uh, you really get into a show because you stumble onto it, and by chance you stumble onto a, a good episode, maybe even a great episode. Yeah, and, and maybe they're not all that good, but if you find that one good one, it keeps you coming back because you know how good the show can be. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely how my Doctor Who journey eventually happened. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, very cool. Um, I, uh, I I hope you check out the old stuff because uh, I'm an old schooler, and uh, if I'm sure he'll find it online. But if he has any trouble, I've got the whole series, and I'm happy to make copies. So, <laughs> FYI. Uh, all right. So, um, leaving aside Doctor Who, just because uh, this <laughs> podcast is extremely Doctor Who heavy, um, and I want to actually start talking superheroes. You were mentioning about WonderCon, which I've only been to twice. I went this year and last year when they moved it to Anaheim Mm. uh, because it's nice and close for me. Uh, I've never been when it was up in San Francisco. Now, you were saying you wished it was still up in San Francisco. Now, why is that? Um, The the character of the city and the character of the area around the convention is just very different. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. Down in Anaheim, it just feels so stark and cementy. Mm. It's just so barren. And, well, this year was a lot better than last year, I should oh, say. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Last year, when uh, those of us in costumes had to traverse the cheerleaders, the football <laughs> moms, the cheerleader moms, yeah. the high school freaking teenage girls, uh-huh. um, not as much fun. Mm-hmm. It was pretty annoying. Mm-hmm. And then if you're outside the convention, there's um, not a lot to do unless you go to Disneyland. And Disneyland's got rules and crap. So, about costumes and masks and whatever, crazy Disneyland. So and expensive food and it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just don't like the infrastructure around the Anaheim Convention Center this year being a lot better since it was just us and they did add the fountains and the and just they made the area around look nicer and not like a vast cement wasteland. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But in San Francisco, I don't know. The Moscone Center is a more interesting location it feels less like a convention center mm-hmm. so they got different layers to it and the outside area there's uh i guess cheaper entertainment more food more uh just more of a city that doesn't feel geared towards tourism just mm-hmm. where the area is i guess i don't know i just enjoyed it a whole lot better up in san francisco 
Uh, I, I can agree with that um, in terms of how you described it. Um, you do want to play some more character, which is why I, I hope they never move San Diego uh, Comic-Con from where it is. I don't think it'll ever be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't move it to Anaheim. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Oh, the convention center itself is nice. It's big, and it, it might accommodate yeah. the numbers. But, um, yeah, everything around it just isn't – you're right. It's not quite – it's not interesting, and we are people who like interesting things. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, no, I I agree. We like stimulation. You have to search a bit for some food, and then you end up in Disney, and then you're fighting the Disneyland crowd, and yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I I never would be brave enough to try to go into Disneyland itself in a costume, uh, because yeah. I, I'm aware of the rules there, and you know why why also uh, become kind of a part of the tourism mm-hmm. in Anaheim. You have the people who are there for tourism. And they see you in costume, and they go, naturally, you're here for my entertainment, because I'm paying Disneyland a bunch of money. Right. Excuse me? No, I'm not. I'm here for my entertainment. Thank you. I'm not going to take a picture with you and your 15 friends (laughs) who have no idea who I'm dressed as, but you think looks cool. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. I mean, you probably got it more than me, but yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, but I hear that uh, while it is coming back to Anaheim next year, that there's a talk about sort of splitting it into, I guess, two conventions. I don't know if it'll keep the same name, but... Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah. Where See how that shakes out. Right. If there, that there will be sort of a version back in San Francisco, but a version down here. And I thought, well, okay. It makes sense. More, more money-making opportunities for them. I get why they're doing it, but... Mm-hmm. We'll see. How far can we stretch this market? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I've said this uh, countless times to my friends, but, uh, you know, hey, it's kind of amazing that we're in, uh, we're still in a tight recession, and yet mm-hmm. these conventions are still booming. They're still selling out. That's, that's, and they're not cheap, you know? No, they're not. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's pretty eye opening. My, my friend's theory uh, is that basically entertainment is recession proof. Yeah, it always is, because that's, you can always find entertainment that's fun for the whole family or on the cheaper side or will be an event for you for the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I went to film school and they always said, movies always do well in a recession because, you know, going to watch a movie is cheaper than going on a vacation. Or going to a live show or a band or any of the... Yep. Uh, yeah. No, I can see it. I can totally see it. Um, but yeah. So uh, anyways, I, I quite enjoy WonderCon uh, because uh, as uh, Kelly Del Cambry said um, in our podcast, and I agree with this, it has the vibe of Comic-Con and how it kind of used to be. Um, mm. Not entirely, but definitely closer to what the Comic-Con of yesterday that. was. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, with the way it's going, it might not stay that way. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> yeah. Such as the state of these affairs until we hit that critical mass and we start... Yep swooping back indeed um so tell me uh tell me your experience at dragon con i know several people who have gone uh, everyone seems to like it but it definitely sounds like a different vibe to comic con i love it mm-hmm. i don't just like it i love it mm-hmm. dragon con is a 24-hour costume party in a bunch of hotels that is just full of nerdy madness mm-hmm. it is wonderful it's also um the thing that i hate about comic con is it's again the kind of tourist thing where I feel like I am there for people's entertainment, mm-hmm. which no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm there for mine. I just happen to be in a costume because it enhances my entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, at DragonCon, there are no tourists. There's nobody there to see what this whole convention thing's about. There's mm-hmm. no people who somehow got a ticket from their friend. If you're at DragonCon, you're at DragonCon because you want to be there and because you are genuinely a fan. Right. It is so refreshing to run around and go to the different halls and go to panels and just talk to people 
because everybody's genuinely a fan and you don't have to worry about people being there, I suppose, for alternative motives, mm-hmm. which I'm sure eh, there's probably some. I haven't run into them yet, thank goodness. Um, but it's it just feels a lot more fan-driven. Sure. Yeah, less Hollywood. It, it seems from what I've seen and heard, uh, there are there is a dealer's room, there are panels, but that's not really the focus of this con like Comic-Con. No, it's much more about yeah fans and hanging out and having a good time. I mean, I don't think any of the big booths that we normally see at the conventions are there, like Marvel or DC or Dark Horse. Like, I don't see the big booths there. It's mm. a lot of smaller things. And I think somebody told me um, the panels are not sponsored by, like, the shows mm-hmm. or the TV stations. So, like, if actors are there, they're kind of there of their own volition. Mm-hmm. So it creates a more relaxed vibe, uh, a less we're on, you know, uh, we're working, I guess. They have a less working vibe. So it's a lot more fun, a lot more chill. Sure, sure. Uh, from what I understand, there's a lot of drinking, a lot of partying. Now, would you say that uh, it's not as family-friendly as Comic-Con is? Um, I guess so. It depends on what hours you're there. Mm-hmm. If you're there at night, obviously not, but kids got bedtimes. Kids should go to bed. <laughs> um, if you're there during the day, I see no reason why families shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same amount of fun during the day. We're mostly doing photo shoots, mm-hmm. seeing hangovers, so we're pretty mellow people. <laughs> Lots of costumes still. In fact, daytime costumes tend to be more family friendly. So, yeah. Do you, do you, I'm sorry, do you do the parade? I do. Somehow I drag my butt out of bed and do the parade. I've done it two years in a row. Mm-hmm. The first year I did it with the Spartans, so that's uh, I was Queen Gorgos. So that was not much of a costume, easy to throw on and go. And last year, though, I was with the uh, the Cobra people from GI Joe, so that was quite a production. We had we like rented a Hummer, and we had me and Cobra Commander like hanging off the sides of the Hummer. I was in Baroness. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Cobra PR driving the thing and like <laughs> peeking out the window. There was an even bigger production we wanted to do mm. with it, with like a whole sort of like looping speech so people could hear like parade style, like full on Disney parade style. Mm-hmm. But we just couldn't get the speakers and logistics kind of in place in time. Gotcha. But yeah, we had me and Commander running around. And I tell you, having a vehicle in the parade is wonderful. Oh, I'm thirsty. I'll just wander back to the car, <laughs> hop on into this beautifully air conditioning you know, vehicle yeah. and get me some water. <laughs> and I'll trade out. Commander can go in there and wave out the window. <laughs> it was a hoot. I can see that being a, a godsend. Yeah, it looks like a fun time, but then I always go Atlanta heat Labor Day weekend. Oh, mm. My poor hair. My <laughs> poor hair. I have really curly hair. I am a girl with some dark curly hair and humidity just makes it go poof. I yep. am Diana Ross. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. It is awful. I understand. Be honest, one pop. You with me? But that that's awesome. So um, I take it, you know, there's something that comes up a lot with uh, several of my other guests I've had on, which is knowing your venue. Um, you always, I assume, keep in mind the optimum costume you want to wear at each convention, yeah. where it's going to go over best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like Dragon Con's better for the sexier, more obscure, or uh, more nighttime-oriented costumes. Mm-hmm. Like, I wore my Siren from Tron for the first time at Dragon Con mm-hmm. because it, I can wear it at night. And at night, you use more flash photography. So, and I was using the retroflective tape on mine at that time. Mm-hmm. So, it would 
reflect and look like I lit up. So that costume is just more fun at night. During the day, it just doesn't quite translate as well. Mm -hmm. um, also, you can wear your sexier costumes there. Like there's a couple versions of Dr. Mrs. that I would never wear during the day at Comic-Con just because there's too many grabby hands. There's mm. too many people with ill, ill wills. Uh, that is just safer to wear them at Dragon Con. Mm. And because you got the nighttime crowd doing basically the same thing as you, you fit in a little better, so you're safe, safety in numbers and such. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there's also certain costumes, like my bigger costumes that don't travel as well, that's where Comic-Con's going to come in. Because mm -hmm. um, I've got some, any bigger build armor costumes, I definitely want to have at Comic-Con, because that's just also more mainstream. Like I did Lady Sif last year from Thor. So that's more of a Comic-Con one because it's more of a mainstream costume. It's more of uh, one people would recognize. Mm -hmm. Opposed to my like silver bodysuit with pink hair, uh, Ms. Quim from the Venture Brothers, who nobody is going to get outside of the Venture Brothers party at Dragon Con. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, I'm sure that you still get a lot of people just going, hey, it's a girl oh, in a yeah, cat suit. Space girl. Yeah. I want to take a picture with Space Girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. Get yeah. over here. <laughs> I'm comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, and, and obviously tailoring to the particular convention, whether it's an anime-themed convention or it's a comic book-themed convention, et cetera. Yes, I, I can understand that, yeah. Um, well, uh, so first off, let me ask you, as a girl in costume, you were talking about, obviously, people with ill wills and, and grabby hands. Now, how much, how much of that do you even deal with? Because every time I see girls in anything that's provocative or revealing, I go, like, at first you're, like, impressed, and then I'm like, oh, but I almost feel like... Boy, I'm, I wonder how much you know you have to deal with with the riffraff. Yeah, I can't say I deal with too much riffraff, but I've certainly had my fair share. I've had mm -hmm. some stories that are not so fun, and you know I'd rather have them go away, mm -hmm. and then just down to regular people just walking behind you and pinching your butt. Mm -hmm. It's just really. I hope you got something out of that. I'm glad <laughs> that really helped your day because. I just don't understand what the point of that is. Uh -huh. Did it really enhance your life that much? Uh, um, yeah, I had it happen at, um, I was working an art show. Mm -hmm. And that being a venue with an interesting mix, not necessarily our own. I had one of the guys get a little too drunk on the free wine and just mm -hmm. like stumbled into me and grabbed my ass. Like, really? Really? Um, well, it's not fun, but what... What can you do besides you turn around and yell at them mm -hmm. if it's still there? Well, it it sounds like you uh, you're you're often in groups and you're often with your boyfriend, so you know you you have a, yeah. a certain amount of protection going on to make sure. Oh, it's that... funny. The first year I was running around with him in Doctor Mrs. and he was in the Monarch, and yeah. we also had his other friends who are large, burly men. Mm -hmm. Um, they were in Sergeant Hatred and Baron von Underbite, so they were they were large and in charge villains. Mm -hmm. All day, no troubles, nothing happened. The mm -hmm. second they walked away to like go down to catch their shuttle, mm -hmm. uh, my ass got pitched. Like, really? <laughs> really? God damn it. Five minutes. I've been apart from them for five minutes. <laughs> they were laying in wait. <laughs> ah! It's just, we laugh about it now. I know. But luckily, no, um, I haven't had too many incidents that were worse than that. There's only right. one, so we're sure. doing okay. 
Sure. Well, yeah, at least it hasn't been worse than that, which is good. Knock on wood. Um, yeah. Do you find when you when you do the costumes and, and you're out and about, um, and this is a phenomenon I've, I've been aware of with um, you know, other female friends of mine telling me how because of the fact, like part of the deal with this explosion in pop culture and conventions and cosplay is there's been a large influx of female fans to a lot of these franchises. And uh, if you know, there are guys who like like me and, and older who have been into this stuff longer where it was a bit more of a boys club. And mm-hmm. uh, and they tell me that it's almost like they have to keep reproving their fandom, that they're not just some girl who was talked into wearing the costume that day, that they really do like this stuff. Do you find you have to do that? Um, that's why I actually just answered this question for another interview. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't I don't personally have to answer it a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that's because uh, with me and Syl, we kind of started in this community when we were still teenagers. Mm-hmm. So we kind of grew up doing it mm-hmm. so people have seen us for enough years that i think they don't question our geek girl fandom um the only people i get it from are trolls on tumblr right now okay well Which, right oh please you're just saying something because you know it's a controversial topic <laughs> so um yeah i honestly don't get it that much um also i think especially in person people don't generally have the balls to try to call you out on it yeah, you probably no. You're probably right. As always, it's all a matter of where you are and, and timing, and, and mm-hmm. yeah, and who's the number. It's only head. on the internet they do that. Which oh, look at you in the safety of your screen. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yes. Uh, yeah. The internet armchair critics or the accuracy Nazis always fun. Yeah. Um. So diving diving into costumes here. So you know you've done so many cool superheroes. Let, let's start talking about Spider Woman because it just looks pretty awesome, and I love retro characters. Uh, yeah. How did that come about? Spider Woman's weird. Everybody's doing that character all of a sudden, which uh, I did it because, well, I enjoyed the character, but when um, everybody wanted to do for like the 50th anniversary of Spider Man, uh, when we were going to New York Comic Con, everyone wanted to do spider characters. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I guess now's the time to finally whip that character out. <laughs> so <laughs> I made that one. It only took me like three days, um, which wow. I'm very. I'm very proud of it though because it's all inlays. So mm-hmm. all the stuff, nothing is appliqued on, nothing's top stitched. I actually cut out holes in my spandex, <laughs> put new fabric in there. Wow. Which was not easy. No, it doesn't sound easy at all. Curves suck. Curves that fit exactly around your boobs and on your hip bones suck. <laughs> but I figured it out. <laughs> Got it in there. My wings are fun because they actually glow in the dark. I used glow in the dark puff paint mm-hmm. to do my like spider webbing on it. Mm-hmm. So put me under a UV light. The mask took two tries to get right, though. The first one I had, um, it just kind of kept poking me in the eyeballs. Mm-hmm. So I needed to remake it, uh, which we used a, some stuff called Foss Shape for. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, I don't know, it's like industrial felt with plastic weaved into it. Because you heat shape it, mm-hmm. I'm still not impressed with it. Uh, not sure it's worth its trouble. But my second mask did come out very well very good and we put different lenses in it so that the eyes are further out from my own eyes mm-hmm. uh, seeing through it is still pretty muddy though yeah I was going to ask how you do the uh, the opaque white but can still see what you're doing yeah just barely I've got sunglasses with two layers of white fabric like white meshy fabric over it so ah. vision is not at its best but I can basically see shapes and I might know who it is in front of me if you're like no more than arm's length away <laughs> Yep, I can relate all too well. Okay. Yep, <laughs> yep. it's fun. But yeah, that was, it's also one of my more comfortable costumes, so uh, I like Spider-Woman. She's comfy except for that mask. 
<laughs> well, uh, then it's good to have a uh, you know uh, handler or Sherpa, as uh, Vicky likes to call them. Yeah, Sherpa. Mm. That's cute. I'm gonna start calling my mom that. <laughs> my mom is normally my Sherpa then. Um, so uh, I take it, do you do all of your own sewing, or do you have to commission anything? Um, yeah, I think except for my metal bikini, my slave layer metal bikini, I make absolutely everything myself. Um, part of it's a pride thing, not going to lie. I take mm -hmm. great pride in mm -hmm. being able to make my own costumes and say I made everything myself. Oh, that's great. Part of it also, I think, shuts up the fake nerd girl people. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but if you like come at them really hardcore, and be like, yeah, I made this myself, everything from scratch, they get really intimidated just by how intense you are, and they mm -hmm. just back off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, it's a great avoider of conversations. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going through my list right now. It looks like, yeah, just the metal bikini is one that I hadn't made. Now, uh, do you take classes? Or are you just self-taught? Did your mom teach you? How did that come about? It's mainly self-taught. Um, when I first started my first year, um, Snow White is actually 100% from scratch. Mm -hmm. So to do that, I had uh, my friend Miko Luck and Spades basically guide me. She's She was one of my first like cosplay mentors because she'd been doing it for years. So I'm like, okay, I'm coming to your house and you're going to help me sew. And she'd be like, all right, cut out this shape, go. And I'd go do it, cut it out, and be like, is this okay? Yes, now go sew it with this stitch length. Okay. <laughs> So Snow White started out with that, but after that, um, I just kind of developed skills as I went and got mm -hmm. better and better at doing things from scratch and mm -hmm. learning new techniques, searching online, and just trial and error. Um, when I first started, a lot of my stuff was found pieces that I then altered. Right, um, yep. Mm -hmm. But as we get closer to now, the present, I hate shopping so much. Oh my God, the extra hmm. two hours of sewing is worth it to not shop for two hours. I hate it. Well, okay, you so. say, wait, 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 you say that, and I, I understand, cause, but there's got to be some times where it's easier to find something off the shelf. Some things, yes. Yes. Um, I cannot disagree with that. Um, leggings, like mm -hmm. I'm looking at my Lady Sif, the pants, I bought the pants. Right. The fashion district, where I was shopping for the fabric, mm -hmm. for $5. They were mm -hmm. there, they were right, I'll mm -hmm. take them. Mm -hmm. But bodysuits, unless it's a basic black bodysuit, yeah, I'm probably not going to buy that. Because I want my color also to be accurate into right. my own likes. Right. So, yeah, I'm looking at my Baroness. That's 100% from scratch. Um, oh, my Loki, but that's pretty derpy. I don't think we should talk about Loki. Okay, okay. <laughs> we... the, helmet. the helmet is beautiful. <laughs> but Tally and I made those costumes as silly drinking costumes so we can just uh... beat the crap out of each other as Thor and Loki. <laughs> mm -hmm. Was this movie Loki or comic Loki? Movie Loki. Mm -hmm. So I just made crappy like t-shirts with leather glued on it. Nice. It was derby capes that I did pleating in. And then Steven made us these gorgeous helmets and we went, ah, <laughs> whatever. Drop <laughs> Loki, woo! <laughs> Yeah. But I was gonna, I was gonna argue that uh, if you if you're not shopping for actual clothes, aren't you also shopping for fabrics and materials? That in and of itself yes. is its own kind of search. Oh, I hate that too. It's the worst <laughs> thing ever. Uh, yeah, luckily I live by the fashion district of LA, mm -hmm. so I just go down there and I find what I want for the most part. I'm pretty good at haggling. Luckily, mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of qualms about fighting for a price. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I just spent like $200 down there the other day working on stuff for Comic-Con and some commissions. But, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say I like it. <laughs> I it. But after so many years of going to the district, uh, I've learned my shops, mm -hmm. yep. the things I want. So I don't shop 
too much as far as go to the location where I know the stuff is. Mm-hmm. So that cuts down my frustration quite a bit when it's like these four or five shops have spandex. I've looked in all the other ones, but they're more expensive or, you know, not worth the battle. Yeah. Or so. not suitable. Yeah. I, yeah. I understand. Yeah, I've, I've after so many uh, trips down there, it's it's very eye opening. But on the other hand, you're right. After so many times, you kind of learn your main spots. And once in a while, you might have to go outside the ring, the yeah. circle of trust. But that is pretty rare. And there are certain shops outside of the district that I find I like for other certain things too. It just all depends on am I after certain linings? Am I after certain wools? Am I after certain cottons or whatnot? So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I, I completely understand that. So. Um, sidestepping, uh, so you, you custom make your own costumes. It sounds like you also do commissions for other people. I do, yeah. On the occasion, I'll pick up a commission. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty fussy because I I can barely handle making a costume for myself without wanting to kill myself. Mm-hmm. So if you want me to make one for you, <sighs> get ready to pay. <laughs> because like you have to be a friend of mine or you have to be a very easygoing and egregious person. Mm-hmm. Because I, I can't read patterns and don't really understand them. So everything I make, I custom make the pattern basically to my body. Mm-hmm. So if your body is not my body and you're not here, how am I supposed to make a costume for you? Even with a big old list of measurements, you don't even want to deal with that. You'd rather have the person right yeah. there. <laughs> I'd rather have a person right here. Mm-hmm. Certain costumes, if this, like I'm making a Zap Brannigan right now. Nice. Mm-hmm. That person, I know this person through mutual friends. All right, cool. Already, we're heading in the right direction. Oh, and your budget is correct and not, I need I need this costume for only $100. Yep. Great. Mm-hmm. That'll cover boots and gloves. Awesome. Um, yep. You know, if your budget's in the right range, and the costume is one that I feel I can actually do without you here, mm-hmm. then okay. Mm-hmm. Then we're in business. Or if I've made the costume before, but <laughs> I'm a pretty fussy person to commission from. Not going to lie. Yeah. Well, let me ask you something that if I'm sure you have done a costume multiple times, whether it's for someone else or you're upgrading for yourself. Yeah. Do you, don't you ever get frustrated with the whole thought of, you know, you've gotten it to a certain point and, and okay, I understand the perfectionist thing and, and a lot of us cosplayers, we want to make it great, right? But yeah. you go back to find more of this great fabric or great trim. Oh, God, it's the worst. It's not there. And it's not there. <laughs> oh, that's me with Dr. Mrs. Because Stephen and I, we met in those costumes. We met when he was in the monarch and I was in Dr. Mrs. The Monarch. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cute? It's how we met. Um, but his costume, his colors were different than mine. Mm-hmm. And I thought mine were better. Mm-hmm. So when we eventually decided, all right, we're going to make this a thing. Uh, you need to, we need to match colors. So he had to change his. So we had to go through the fashion district like a year or two after um, I made mine mm-hmm. to find the same yellow fabric mm-hmm. so we can redo his boots. Right. And I literally went shop to shop with a swatch of that fabric going, do you have this? Oh, well, how many yards? No, no, no. Do you have this? Mm-hmm. We have something close. Not this? No. Then I'm out. Yep. Literally shop to shop. Mm-hmm. Do you have this? Do you have this? Do you have this? I did that twice in the district. I went through more shops each day and I couldn't find it. And then he happened to come up from San Diego and I was like, all right, let's go down the district and see what we can do. Because I think we also had to get something else for him. Mm-hmm. And like the second shop we went in, like, oh yeah, it's right over here. And they like buried, like dug through like 10 bolts, pulled it out. I swear, I should have just bought the last of it. You should have, yes. Because they said that this is an old color and they don't make it anymore. Uh-huh. 
So my yellow is the end of it. So I preciously hoard those scraps. Mm -hmm. I have not thrown away any of it. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. in case I need to remake like the gloves or something. See, and I've been there where you find the perfect stuff and you get enough for your costume. You go back for it. And maybe you might even still find some of it. Maybe, maybe yeah. if you're quick enough. But the thing I find is that even though I've learned when possible, get as much as you can. Sometimes you are limited by your wallet that day. You really can yeah. only get enough for one costume. And then when you do have money to go, okay, I'm going to go get more just in case. And yeah, it's like, yeah, sometimes the moons align for you. Sometimes they don't. They're... Yeah, the monarch <sighs> stuff. Uh, we're going to be doing those costumes, I think, for a while longer yet. So sure. I really should have gotten more. But yep. ooh, hopefully we'll work it out. There's also some Baroness stuff I wish I bought more of. But, ah, regrets. But you keep the scraps in the hope of finding something just as good, if not occasionally better. Occasionally. It's true. Occasionally mm -hmm. better. Like my Queen Gorgo costume. Um, I actually recently did find fabric that I think is better. Mm -hmm. I have to go back and get it. Um, but they had like 15 bolts of it. There was just an absurd amount of this fabric. Wow. So I'm like, well, perfect. I'm not worried about you selling out. It's also not in the district. It was up in North Hollywood. At ah. a shop that is open for like two hours a day and I'm sure is cash only. <laughs> nah. So just got to go there and then I'll be redoing Queen Gorgo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I understand. This is the the one area I do like Joann's. I know they're not always like the best go-to for some things, but if you're looking for simple stuff and you need it quick and it's close by, I, I like it. But here, um, along uh, the lines of the Tenth Doctor, uh, back in 2008, before there was any fabric reweaves or we knew a whole lot about the Gap trousers that it's based on, there was a very good close enough that was cited at Joann's. Oh. And uh, everyone freaked out about it because the few people that had used it, I mean, it photographed pretty well. I mean, we were all pretty impressed by it. So um, I, uh, you know, hunted it down at my local Joann's and uh, found the SKU number. Oh. And because Joann's is like that, it's not like the fabric district where they can't, yeah. you know, do that. Well, and, you don't know where this fabric came from. Yes, exactly. But they do. And then you can say, hey, I need so many extra yards because of whether it's for you or the people and whatnot in this case it was for other people and they would be like oh these two stores here have it and then guess what you can then call around and then find stores elsewhere in the country that have it that can ship it in and you're taken care of so okay you know maybe they're out in california but over in nebraska they got 10 yards sitting right there on clearance yeah it's true so uh, that that's the beauty of that that i like joanne's is just uh the one by me appears awful mm -hmm. it is the worst joanne's in the world they never have what you need ever mm -hmm. oh i hate it but yeah. I actually did find the stuff for Zapparanigan there on sale. That was See? a miracle. Mm -hmm. uh, every once in a while. Every once in a while they come through. You never know. You never know. <laughs> one, out ten, one out of ten times this Joanne's. <laughs> but that tenth time, it's magic. <laughs> dinky little little Joanne's. <laughs> well, yeah, and the size of the Joanne's matters a lot, too. If you're in a very large Joanne's, you're in better hands than the, yeah, the tiny ones. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Try, yeah, I know. Trust me, I know. But um, so uh, back to some heroin action. Uh, tell me about your gender bent Superman and, and your Supergirl. Yeah, um, let's see. Our Superman came about because our one of our friends, Cat Pow, she uh, wanted to be the Flash. Mm -hmm. So why not? And then uh, Tall Silver tells the tale because she was the one who was there. Uh, they all just got talking about why don't we all have gender-bent Justice League-type characters. And they all start figuring it out and seeing who of our friends fit as which characters based on looks and personalities and friendships and, you know, all those equations that go into forming a group. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I ended up being Superman. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So I was like, sweet, I love it. So we um, designed an off-the-shoulder look for me because I really like off-the-shoulder cuts. Mm-hmm. Also, we thought it made it a little more feminine just to switch it up from the classic Superman costume because we were trying to alter the designs a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we altered it to my tastes, which was to have an off-the-shoulder. Um, and my hair naturally does like that curl. So nice. just rocked it out with my natural hair. And we had the league, and it grew to about 20 members, I want to say, is what we had last year at WonderCon. Yeah, we uh, we were really digging deep for some more female Justice Leaguers because mm-hmm. we had guys who wanted to join the group. Mm-hmm. But we were out of women. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> we had no more female Justice League characters. We had to just, I think we ended up, the only two female characters we have left are Fire and Ice. If there are two guys who want to be Fire and Ice. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Uh, we have like a Dr. Light. We have just so many characters. That were just Where did this person come from? Mm-hmm. But that one's fun. And then Supergirl, uh, that was one I had to just kind of rush job for a charity event, actually, because they wanted some more uh, just classic heroes. And as far as comic book female heroes who are not uh, like gender bent, um, I don't have a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of my costumes are villains mm-hmm. uh, outside of Wonder Woman, but another girl. There are three girls who can do Wonder Woman, and since I was the most flexible, I went, ah, fine, you guys do it. I'll figure out something else. Mm-hmm. I was going to borrow my friend Tally's costume, but she said it was not in operating order. Mm-hmm. So the day before, or like two days before, I spent a single day, and I made myself a costume. What what's your standard turnaround for turning you know for making a costume from planning to full execution? It depends on the material I am working with. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my Arkham Asylum Harley Quinn, that one, besides being a learning experience, uh, took about ninety hours because mm-hmm. everything's from scratch. I had to learn some corsetry techniques, working with uh, well, I used pleather on that one, but you know a bigger more industrial material, how to do a pleated skirt, how to grommet a belt, mm-hmm. all that sort of jazz I had to figure out for that costume. Um, I'm working on one right now that is going to be a big investment financially and time-wise. I'm working on Maleficent from um, Sleeping Beauty, but the Disney designer dolls version of it. Oh, wow. So I have just a ridiculous yardage of fabric, just so many yards, um, leather work, going to be wig work it's going to be insane mm-hmm. but other costumes take me all the day to do mm-hmm. like spider woman was like three days i want to say um supergirl was a day quim was probably two days baroness took a good month though but that was some armor sculpting i actually had to do a body cast on myself by myself gosh that was good times because <laughs> nobody was around to help me and just need to get done so I just did it, <laughs> uh, and it turned out pretty good. And mm-hmm. then I just had to sculpt up over it to get mm-hmm. it smooth and get the boobs in the right place and all that sort of crap <laughs> for my uh, my armor for Wonder or for Baroness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lady Sif also took about a month. That was also my first foray into foam armor, which I used the technique of doing foam and I covered it in resin, which I don't recommend. <laughs> Not the time to reward ratio there. Yeah, no, because <laughs> I really wanted hard, uh, hard armor for mm. it. But uh, if you're going to do the foam route, just do the foam and then make a mold and pour the resin. Don't 
dick around with, I'll just brush on layer upon layer of resin and have to sand it in between every layer and then brush on more. Then it's also, it's just not going to be thick enough and the foam's going to want to flex and you're going to crack the armor. Uh, It's just the most infuriating costume in the world. Yeah. I should have either just painted the foam, called it a day, because there are paints you can put on foam, be fine. Mm-hmm. Sure, you'll get some creasing, but it won't be as bad as cracks in your resin. Mm-hmm. Or I should have just cast the stupid thing and not been lazy. Lessons learned, man. Lessons learned. Indeed. Less- <laughs> hard lessons learned. Yeah. Um, uh, I, so when I saw you at uh, WonderCon, I'm sure I saw you as Spider-Woman, but I really saw you as uh, Silk Spectre. Um, how did that come about? <laughs> Silk Spectre was made the Friday of WonderCon in the morning because I'm an idiot. Well, more of I didn't buy enough fabric, so mm-hmm. and then I screwed up. So, but that didn't matter because there wasn't enough fabric to start with, even if I did it right. Um, so that costume got made Friday morning. I went to Joanne's at nine in the morning, came home, spent an hour or two making it, and then we, uh, well, we had to wait for some other issues that were happening. And then got on the road and went to the convention. Um, but that all started with the comedian, my friend Nathan. Mm-hmm. Nathan and I, we uh, live really close to each other here in L.A. And our families are close to each other in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So we traveled to holidays together. We always just negotiate our schedules. And we were driving back from Christmas going, okay, what's our costume lineup for the year? What are we thinking? He's also my Cobra commander. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so he, I said, like, you know, I've never seen your comedian in person you should pull that out. Like, we should have you pull a comedian. I've been wanting to do a Silk Spectre too. Mm-hmm. So, perfect. We'll do that. And then more people sort of got added in. Uh, Tally has a Silk Spectre 1. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. And Steven is 6'4 and in phenomenal shape generally, being a Spartan. Right. So, let's just put him in a Speedo, paint him blue, and send him in the world. Mm-hmm. Yes, he doesn't, yes. normally, he doesn't normally get to wear clothes at conventions. <laughs> Spartan. <laughs> so, like, perfect. Paint him blue, send him out. And uh, you obviously know Kelby Lenorm, our mm-hmm. little femininity. Mm-hmm. She um, did the body paint on him. She's the one who also painted yeah, the, the Zygote, Zion thingy. The Zygon, yes. People who are listening, she's the one who painted that and sculpted all that stuff. So she painted Stephen Blue, and I miracled my costume into existence. <laughs> and we rocked it out. Another friend of ours did Rorschach, but he was like there, and then he left. I'm like, wait, where'd you go? <laughs> so, yeah, that was a... That's a fun one. We're hoping to do it again because Stephen just looked so good. He did. Phenomenal. Paint him blue and send him in the world again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't see too many Dr. Manhattans. No, I made the Speedo for him like the night before also. <laughs> Woo, made a pattern, made it, and went, oh, your booty's out a little bit. <laughs> ah, whatever, you're Dr. Manhattan. You're lucky you're not balls out. <laughs> so. You know, uh, sidestep out of superhero land, I, I have to say that uh, you you won the Spirit Award for me, no pun intended, uh, yeah. with uh, the uh, character of Elsa from Danger 5. You did a whole group yeah. for that? Mm-hmm. We did have a whole group for it. We had all five, including the Colonel. Uh, now, that was, was that Malachi? It, Malachi did make it, yeah. And okay. for most of the time, it was Malachi. Most of the time, it was Malachi. It was Justin. We had a couple <laughs> people wearing Colonel. <laughs> Because it's an eagle head, and you're a big guy. Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah, you were great casting for that, and we were. Um, it's funny because our group, because we fell in love with that show, you know, last uh, uh, spring when it aired. Gosh, I can't mm-hmm. believe it's been a year. Uh, we were highly talking about doing that group. I guess and, it's the same for us because we did at Comic Con. Yeah. yeah, and it would have probably been for that Comic Con. And then at the last minute, like too many of us just couldn't quite because we we had our other commitments going on that year. Yeah, and we just couldn't all organize in time to do it. But back to Danger Five. 
Danger yeah, Five. Um, yeah. My Danger Five costume actually uh, didn't get made until we were at Comic Con. I'm noticing a theme here. Uh, right? I really pulled crap together at the last second, don't I? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my costume, I think, because Nathan was the one who really wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think I was making two of the people's costumes when I was up in L.A. And then I went down to San Diego to try to finish up Lady Sif. And Nathan had to, like, buy more of these specific police shirts, and he shipped them to me. And once I got it in uh, San Diego, I had to alter it in from like an extra, extra large, something just absurd like that. So that it would fit me and make epaulets out of this fabric that we happened to have. Mm-hmm. It was a mess, but it worked out. My feet hurt so bad, though. There are pictures of Steven carrying me mm. to Hilton because my thigh-high boots just, oh, they were awful. They looked great, though. It, they looked great, but yeah, Steven literally had to carry me. Where did you get the boots? Oh, the internet. I might want a cane boots. So I don't know why they were in such a fussy mood that day. <laughs> Worn them before. But yeah, then we went on the town afterwards, wearing the eagle head for Nathan's birthday, drinking, going to bars. Much uh, like and I the... never got the chance to knock over his drink because I didn't want to be that much of a jerk. He didn't piss me off, off enough. Uh... It's going to happen. I'm just going to look at him. He's going to knock it over. And well... be done. I was going to say, it was just like the end credits of Danger 5 then. Yeah, it's just like Ilsa and uh, Jackson. <laughs> Knock it over. <laughs> we had a lot of fun with that group, all of our friends being in it. Yeah, it's uh, it sounded like a great group. I mean, when I heard about it, I'm like, I've got to see these guys. I've got to see. And of course, I think you guys were only in it for a few hours and, and yeah. Comic-Con's so crazy that I didn't get to see. I mean, I did see the Colonel because, you know, I'm on a Malachi, but that was it. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh. so, yes. We did most of it at... Um, DragonCon. We didn't have a PR, I think. Mm-hmm. As was was our only problem. But we mm-hmm. rocked it at DragonCon too. They were fun. Now, it's, how many people uh, got it? Because it seems like one of these shows that's kind of buried right now. <laughs> we had like two people get it. <laughs> I think maybe two people at Comic Con, and maybe throw in another three at DragonCon. Okay. It was like a solid half dozen. Yeah. Who knew what we were doing. Yep. 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 Well, that's what happens with the obscure characters. It's a uh, quality of reaction over quantity. Um, we saw a pair of people do uh, uh, the main two characters from Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. And uh, yeah, we had a bit of a freak out over them. Mm. And, uh... <laughs> and they appreciate it. They love it. Oh, yes. Yes. Because I'm sure very few people got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, anyways, big th- big thumbs up on that group. Hope hope to catch that one of these days because uh, I, I don't know. I'm sure at some point we will do it. But it's also <laughs> another one of those weird things where now that we've seen you guys do it so well, I think we're like, oh, well, I guess we can focus on something else now. <laughs> I know. I do the same thing too. Like, oh, well, there it is. Yeah. Yep, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. All right, we're good. I'll move on. <laughs> right. Unless you love that show or character. Then, yeah, unless yeah. there's something else mm-hmm. drawing you to it. It's like, oh, well. They did it. They got it. And now I've seen it actualized, and I love that. <laughs> now I've seen it actualized. I just want to see it in real life, even if I have to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll bet somebody else did it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, uh, I saw that guy do that uh, fantastic Condor Man build on the RPF. Um, it, that Condor Man looked fantastic to the point where I'm like, well, I really wanted to do Condor Man. Now I guess I won't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, never mind. I'll move on to something else. <laughs> I shouldn't be like that. Maybe I'll do the uh, opening credits Condor Man. That was a different costume. But uh, There you go. I know. Always finding the angle. Gotta find the angle. Star Trek. Let's talk Star Trek. Yeah. 
Um, so t- tell me about that. It looked like it was the new J.J. Uh, Abrams red dress you were wearing. Yeah, we're kind of doing a mashup of those because mm-hmm. we're using the new Trek shirts because there happened to be a really great sale on them. Uh, ah. we're like, all right, well, why not? Why reinvent the wheel? Mm-hmm. Um, so we bought those, and then I like the styling of old Trek. So I took my extra, extra large. There's a theme running there as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> Giant shirt. And I took it into a dress with the long sleeves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we all suited up. Our angle is it's a bar trek. You know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> go where no man has gone before. Yes. Drinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we bar trek around. Mm-hmm. Um, so our first installation of this was at Dragon Con, where it's just the four of us. Mm-hmm. Um and then it kind of grew from there because we had so much fun. The next one we did was at Kamikaze for my mom and Steven's, uh, my boyfriend's birthday. Mm-hmm. So they wore the gold shirts and we gave my dad the uh, Spock shirt, the uh, uh, the science officer shirt. Mm-hmm. And the rest of us wore red shirts. And we all went to uh, Trader Vic's. There was like, oh, like 20 of us, I swear. So one of us, uh, one of our friends painted herself green. And we had some mix with some of the older or the original costumes were in. Most of us did the new J.J. Uh, Abrams versions. Mm-hmm. And then we had my birthday, so I got to wear the gold. I got to be the captain. And we have uh, special pins for every single trek trek we do. Mm-hmm. So the original one, we have the our Barfleet logo, which is the Starfleet logo, with a martini glass on it. Nice. And then we had a Spocktoberfest. <laughs> so there's <laughs> Starfleet with a beer stein on it. We had Fit Bar Trek. So we went to Blipsy's Barcade, and then the Starfleet logo is all 8-bit. Um, yeah, we have a lot of fun with it. Um, lots of fun names. The, the Famous Frontier, where we did New Year's Eve instead of The Final Frontier. They even played um, The Final Frontier for us. <laughs> ah, that, that sounds great. That sounds like... Uh, we uh, all uh, stopped and yelled con at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a much more interactive form of cosplay than I'm used to, but that's great. That's awesome. It truly is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did one at Emerald City where we wandered around the city in our Bar Trek uniforms. Sounds like it's becoming a quarterly thing here. <laughs> it's every month, I swear. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> I swear. we. Uh, I think we've done like seven of them so far. <laughs> wow. Um, well, uh, shoot. Well, I don't. I don't have JJ Trek. I do have a classic Trek. I'll have to. I'll have to join you guys next time. Oh yeah. Well, uh, we're looking into the proper Trek uniforms now, doing the original ones. It's like okay, this is becoming an actual thing. So maybe we should actually like step our game up. See if Innovus will sponsor us. Give us some some awesome uniforms. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, they do make great replicas. Um, yeah. So you've only been doing the JJ. You haven't done any classic Trek yet. Haven't, but I would mm. love to. Mm, mm. It's just a matter of ugh, the seams on that thing, because, I, like I said, I can't read a pattern. Uh, figure it out myself, and just the math of that. Blah. You, you See should if I can figure it out. You should talk to Vicky. She's the one who made all of the tunics and dresses for our Star Trek group. Oh, yeah. maybe she could help a girl out. She could totally help. Yeah, yeah. She did get the official patterns from Roddenberry, and uh, you nice. know, had to decipher them and such. Yeah, and learn and learn how to make them into real world, you know, garments because mm-hmm. uh, there's all kinds of tweaks and stuff. But yeah, did a phenomenal job with with all of them. So um, yes, I will get you her info so you two can talk track at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, sidestep. Um, how, how, what's your uh, feeling on comfortable footwear at a convention? That is what it is. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, I'm basically the largest size foot you can have for a female and still buy shoes. Oh. Uh, I'm a size 10, 11. Good God. Yeah. Uh, my feet don't mess around. Mm-hmm. And for a girl who's only 5'6", so not fair. 
but whatever. Because <laughs> um, the trick is you get a shoe that's a size bigger and then you put insoles in it. Mm-hmm. If I do that, I've made my shoe a size smaller, mm-hmm. which is definitely counterintuitive. <laughs> right, right. So my feet get pinched and they hurt. Um, yeah, I would love to have comfortable footwear, but just normally not in the cards. PAX East, though, I got super lucky because mm-hmm. Black Widow, I got to wear ninja shoes. So that was all like, ninja and awesome. Nice. And then uh, what I, I wore Spider Woman, so I had uh, socks on. Mm-hmm. I had glorified footy pajamas all day. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And oh, Miss Marvel. That one, that was flats. So that was a nice, comfy costume, too, except for the fact that I had to suck it in all day. Yeah. <laughs> ab window. Ah. <laughs> Well, wait a minute, Ed, since your boyfriend is a Spartan, don't you do any of the crazy con dieting that we all do when we're trying to look good in a costume? Yeah, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always say I will, but then I go, hey, Tiki Tees tonight? Oh, right. Yeah. Four Tiki drinks later? Oh, yeah, that diet. Yeah. <sighs> yep, yep, yep. Great bar, I'm though. better at going to the gym. I'm getting better at it because Stephen bought me a gym membership. <laughs> And since he moved to L.A., it's kind of like, oh, you're going to the gym? I should get off my lazy butt, shouldn't I? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So, I did a little bit before Miss Marvel because the ab window was truly intimidating. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I, no, I, I can imagine, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I've been dreaming of doing a, a 70s Nick Hammond Spider-Man for two years. And uh, not that you have to be cut to necessarily be that mm-hmm. Spider-Man, but you got to be real thin. And yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just go, oh, I know I can do it, but it's a certain time and willpower commitment that I'm not sure <laughs> I'm ready to do. <laughs> yeah, I have um, a gold costume, which if I remember in phenomenal shape, I'll do, which mm-hmm. is Andrea from Reboot. Uh, you ever watch that cartoon? Uh, no. It's the first uh, fully uh, like digitally animated cartoon. Okay. So came out of Canada. Uh, but there's a character in it, and she's just phenomenally ripped. She's like kind of mermaid-ish. Mm-hmm. I want to be her only if I'm in perfect shape, though. Ah, yep. I, I hear you. <laughs> I've got, definitely a Dragon Con costume. Yes, yes. I've, I've got friends where we always have our costumes where when we're at our optimum weight, that's the only time we ever wear it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you don't want to have to deal with the the, fall, the internet fallout when, you know, I you know. Isn't it bad we let it yeah. affect us, but we are but human. Yes, we are. And we don't want to admit we have egos, but we do. And, yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's true. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yes, I, I would I would agree that yes, foot, footwear is good, and, and watching um, the diet before a convention is um, something to bear in mind at the very least. Yes, at the very least. Even the very- if, uh, your friend's alcoholism won't let you fully commit to a diet, <laughs> good to think about it. You at least thought it through. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I should probably talk to your boyfriend about his Spartan diet. It sounds too insane for me, but it does sound like maybe I can sort of take some tips out of this that you know you can apply to the real world it's very funny to see the other spartans though in comparison to steven's uh, workout regime i'm like babe step it up really oh god the other spartans are working out multiple times a day with eating like five thousand calories of protein and just yeah i made you eat a sandwich today because you forgot (laughs) what is wrong here yeah, he does pretty darn good, but some of those guys are just insane. Wow. Single digit percent body fat and just and they still got like fifty pounds on him and he's six four. It's like all muscle. <sighs> they're they are large burly men. Wow. And they are very intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah to truly do a Spartan workout is a terrifying thing. 
it does. But he's got a nice altered version. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yeah, challenges and stuff they do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what, what's your thoughts on wigs? Do you often use wigs or do you rather style your own hair? I generally style my own hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm lucky enough to like characters that have dark hair like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I think a lot of characters with black hair tend to be badass characters. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is, but I shall use it to my benefit. Mm-hmm. So I always just use my own hair. Um, Queen Gorgo, I add in some extra extensions just to make, because her hair is a twisted, crazy Medusa of a thing. Mm-hmm. So I have that. Um, yeah, most of my characters, most of my costumes, it's all black hair. And then I just style accordingly. My hair luckily styles well, so can't can't complain too much. Here, Dr. Mrs. is a wig, but that's a pretty comfortable one. And also since it's the same color as my own hair, I don't have to fight wig caps because if some my hair sticks out whatever it's the same color <laughs> <laughs> if it works don't fix it yeah black widow has a wig but mm-hmm. that's not too bad they get itchy though yeah they can get a little hot and itchy but if it's the right wig it really brings a, a costume home it's true mm-hmm. it's true um so you say you've got what about two dozen different costumes yeah probably somewhere around there that's insane um now, this is probably going to be like picking your child, but what is your favorite costume or favorite character if they are not the same thing? Hmm. I've become so... <laughs> I'm old and lazy. I like comfort now. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. Because talk to me a little while ago, I'd be like, ah, oh, Dr. Mrs. I'm all about it. Yeah, I love Dr. Mrs. But God, I hate being taped and corseted into that thing. Mm-hmm. Having that perfect posture all day and the gloves and the boots and... Ugh. I hate the costume, love the character. Hmm. Yeah, so um, favorite costume, probably Baroness right now, because that's doing the balance of impressive and uh, a good build and comfort. Makes sense. And it's a good, exactly popular character with the recent G.I. Joe sequel. that just hit the Yeah, I know. Chance. I still got to go see that. Hmm. Also, I got a fun group. Yeah, very true. And, and, and it uh, surprisingly is a better film than I thought it was going to be. So I'll, I'll tell you that. Do you have a standout favorite experience doing any of these costumes? Uh, getting flown out to PAX East was a, a hoot because it was kind of a... I had the challenge of making a bunch of costumes in a very short amount of time. Uh, and there were new costumes, there were fun costumes. And hanging out with those people were... It was a different experience working a booth than being at a convention because you kind of see what happens after hours. Sure. And there's a lot of cool things that happen after hours and getting to hang out with um, people on the more professional side, I guess, of a convention. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting experience. Uh, with doing all these different uh, heroine characters, especially, say, uh, Supergirl and Wonder Woman, you know, your, your big go-tos, um, have you had any good experiences with children? Oh, yeah. Whenever I'm in, um, I'd say, Snow White or Wonder Woman, that's when the kids really uh, get involved and really love what what we're doing. Uh, so when I have Snow White on, that's when the um, little girls will come up and just, they want to talk to you about princess things. They want to know and hold your hand and just talk to you. It's very cute and fun. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, I'll get the same. Um, it's also cute to see the little boys who are too shy. Right. Come up and take a picture with you. Yes, yes, totally. I've had that happen when I was in Snow White because, uh, you know, the dad would be, take a picture for your sister. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm want to do it <laughs> it's pretty cute uh do you have conversely a worst or just mishap experience in costume 
Hmm. You know, I'm pretty lucky. I don't have too many horror stories. That is, I mean, with that many costumes, I'm shocked. Yeah, I don't know how or why. I mean, I've had stuff break. I had a snap pop off on Wonder Woman one year, but meh. We go in the bathroom, we sew it back on, call it a day. Um, Lady Sif was kind of a pain in the butt because at Dragon Con, one of the snaps came off, mm -hmm. and you can't exactly sew a snap back onto foam. Mm. You got to glue it, mm. and it, I was already 75% into the costume, so to get that snap back on and glue it, I would have had to take off most of the costume. Mm -hmm. So that one was a pain. Luckily, gaff tape, man, saves the, saves the day every time. <laughs> Pulled that together. <laughs> How many yeah. times has duct tape gotten me out of a jam at a convention? <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think there's too many. I'm going through my different costumes right now, looking to see like who had a nip slip. No <laughs> one. No one had one. Who had a seam rip? No one. I also do this very smart thing where I double stitch all of my seams. Mm -hmm. I have a straight stitch on all of them and a zigzag stitch. Mm -hmm. So if one pops, I got the second one. So very hopefully smart. good. Very yeah. Smart. Now when I stumbled across that safety tip, because I just happened to have double-stitched in this one place and mm -hmm. popped one and went, wait, I double-stitched it. Brilliant. We're going to do this on everything. Along the same lines, uh, what would be some of your top tips or resources you would recommend to people starting out? Hmm. Well, your top resource is your local Goodwill and your thrift shops. Mm -hmm. When you're first starting out, really don't, don't kill yourself. Don't try reading patterns if you've never read a pattern before. Don't go buy yards of fabric. Uh, go to Goodwill, go to thrift shops, go online and find pieces that are close and then alter them because that'll teach you how to sew. Mm -hmm. Learn new skills uh, as you alter things. Um, other tips I have, yeah, definitely double stitch your seams uh, if you're doing spandex especially because uh, that stuff snaps all the time. Zigzag stitch is what you should be using. Mm -hmm. I wish I were particularly advanced. Unfortunately, I'm not. I follow people like God Save the Queen for uh, good sewing tips. She's always got good ones, especially with leather. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a lot of leather work, and I hate leather, and I'm bad with leather, but I'm learning about leather. Mm -hmm. um, and for that, uh, you're supposed to use like uh, polyester thread because if you use cotton thread, it'll degrade. Fun fact. Who knew? Hmm. I didn't. Now I do. Wow. Hmm. Um, when it comes to armor building... You don't do the resin-coated craft on this. <laughs> Just don't do it. Right. Waste of it. time. Yes. Waste of time. Mm -hmm. um, I like Wonderflex. I work with that stuff. Um, it's all right. There's some other things I wish to explore. Uh, Kydex is my next one that I'd like to try out for different types of thermoplastics for armor. Because mm -hmm. Wonderflex, if you leave it in the sun, if it's a hot day, you're going to lose your armor. Hey. Yeah, depending mm. on the thickness of it and what else is going on. Because I've got one soft spot on my Wonderflex armor for Baroness. And I learned that by leaving it in the sun. Mm. And Steven has his Monarch armor, which is Wonderflex. And that one has some soft spots that left in the sun. And it got angry. <laughs> so, which I guess <laughs> foam and resin and sun won't affect that. Mm -hmm. It's always a balancing act. So, it's all about experimentation. Good motto. Uh, what do you feel is the most important thing you've learned doing this hobby? The best way to make friends. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is. All my friends now I've met over the years at conventions. Um, that's what I guess I've learned from it. It's, it's not just a 
Yeah, sewing's a great tip to have every time I go home. And every time I go home, I'm hemming pants and sewing buttons. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I met my best friends through it. I met my boyfriend through it. Mm -hmm. um, costuming, cosplay, um, conventions, they're a great way to meet like-minded friends. Uh, completely agree. I would uh, wholeheartedly concur. As a matter of fact, I've said many times that uh, the way I attend conventions has drastically changed over the last um, yeah. 15, 20 years. Yeah, it used to be all about buying stuff, then it was all about panels, then it was all about autographs, and now it's all about the cosplay, and it's been my favorite way to attend a convention. Yeah, for me, it's all about seeing my friends and maybe maybe a handful of panels. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, but you know, that's the thing about wearing a costume, though, is that uh, you want to be out there mingling. I, I don't like being in a panel room for too long, just sitting there, unless I really need the rest or something, or I'm oh, really. True. I will panel. get fussy if I'm stuck in a panel for too long. Mm -hmm. in a panel room, but there's certain panels I never want to miss, like the Venture Brothers. Always got to be there for that one. For sure. Now, are you more of a masquerade person or a hall cosplay person? Yeah, screw masquerade. They got rules and crap. <laughs> Hate masquerade. All <laughs> right. Yeah, I never do masquerades. I don't watch them. Well, I, I guess I judge them sometimes, which is a weird thing. Very I don't weird. enter them, but they have me ho host and judge them. Very weird. Hmm. But I don't like rules, mm -hmm. so I don't enter them myself. And they take up a lot of time, too. Um, like you said, I'd rather be out on the floor, on the hall, hanging out with people mm -hmm. um, instead of doing masquerade rehearsals. I'm also not particularly creative as far as skits are concerned, mm -hmm. so... Yeah, I'm, I'm not made for masquerades. I, I I can understand that. I only do the Gallifrey one because that's that's you know it's my place. I I totally know that, and I have fun. There's more freedom there. Well, generally mm -hmm. speaking, but yeah, I I know I'll never do the the big, huge, super strict ones like Comic Con. It's just and they suck up too much time. I want to be out there having fun. Yeah, I have some friends who do it at Comic Con. I go, well, it was nice seeing you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, at a side point, though, how did you um, start getting hooked up working actual booths and judging in cosplay? I mean, like, is it just people to start noticing your stuff and they say, hey, come here and do this? Or you just knew the right people or connections or what? Um, I'm going to call it dumb luck. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really good with dumb luck. Mm -hmm. uh, I've just made friends over the years. Mm -hmm. You just meet people and you hang out with people. And um, as we all grow in this community and in this, um, Yes, in some aspects, business, mm -hmm. uh, we grow together, and some people find need for your services. Yeah. So mm -hmm. uh, certain friends, like I've only ever gone to a convention to work uh, if it's been somebody I know personally. Mm -hmm. um, I've never been hired out, I guess, by people I didn't know. I don't know if I would do that. I only do it for friends. Mm -hmm. It's like the commission thing. I'm really fussy. Mm -hmm. No, I, I get it. Like you on a personal level to do things for you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I wish I could say how. It's just over the years you meet people and they introduce you to other people. Mm -hmm. And you hang out, you get drinks, and you become friends. And they think of you when they need a costumer to do something, mm -hmm. which is fun. Happy to do it for my friends. <laughs> Pretty much how life works. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. no, no mysterious formula. <laughs> <laughs> Um, tell me what's on your drawing board right now. What costume projects are coming up? Um, right now, I'm knee deep in Maleficent. Um, that one's not due till Comic Con, but uh, as I've learned, start early and maybe avoid some stress in the end. Mm -hmm. Which uh, you can tell from all my stories. I'm not great at. I'm really <laughs> bad at. I'm trying really hard this time. Uh -huh. um, so I got that skirt done last night. Just got to line it. Um, working on Zap Brand again. Going to finish up that commission hopefully this week. Mm -hmm. 
Ah, uh, what else is on the docket? Uh, I try to leave the costume lineup kind of open because you never know what's going to pop up that you'll be inspired by. I've sure. got some very fun ones for Dragon Con, though, which we'll see if they happen. But we have an idea for, God, my friends are alcoholics, um, <laughs> for a, like a booze-based um, Star Wars. I mean, we did booze-based Star Trek. Why not booze-based Star Wars? Of course. So my friend Nathan, God, he's the source of all this alcoholism, isn't mm-hmm. he? Mm-hmm. He um, has a Han Solo costume, but it's more like booze solo. Uh-huh. He took the first shot. <laughs> so he's got like a, a belt of um, just those tiny booze bottles you get on like airplanes. And he, his gun holster fits like a Maker's Mark bottle. Nice. So absurd things like that. So we're going to put me in New Hope Leia, but have the buns screw off and have like a flask in there. Of course. Or have straws that come out of the buns, like beer hat style. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Big old slit up the side so we can put a flask on my thigh. Mm-hmm. Gotta make it a little sexy. It's Dragon Con. It's Dragon Con. So that's one that's a little further on the radar. Mm-hmm. With um, now I have the list on my other computer because I forget all the time what I'm working on. <laughs> I'm so on track minded. Nice. <laughs> Lots of stuff. Maybe a Game of Thrones character if I can find my spirit animal. Yeah, I hear you. I hear haven't you. found my, my girl yet. Haven't mm-hmm. found my character. Except Jon Snow. I could be Jon Snow. The dark <laughs> curly hair. I'm like, guys, I'm not going to be Jon Snow. Yeah. Potter, though, with mm-hmm. the short, dark curly hair. Mm-hmm. There, there's certain, uh, I've noticed there's certain kind of uh, you know characters and franchises that lend themselves very well to crossplay and others that don't. I know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be Jon Snow. He's so mopey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't exactly. want to be mopey. <laughs> I might make also a different version of Dr. Girlfriend. That would be fun. I haven't made them all yet. Might mm-hmm. do the pink dress version finally. Finally. Wow. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, I suppose the Facebook page is the easiest one. It's facebook.com slash kittensilver. We think it's funny because it's mm-hmm. like a cat. Kitten Silver. But it's just K I T N S I L V E R. Um, then I'm on Tumblr. I think my name's Miss Kit Quinn. Could be. That's generally what I am. Miss Kit Quinn, yeah. Or you can subscribe to my regular page, but I don't think that's very entertaining. I don't know. <laughs> People like what they like. You're so pro internet. Right? I'm really great at this internet thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty stellar at it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Uh, well, I think that wraps it up for me. Do you have any final thoughts? Costumes are fun. <laughs> Here's some of the final thoughts. I'll see you all at the conventions. Indeed. Um, so thank you so much for being on, Kit. Yeah, thanks for having me. And we'll be back next time with more Shop Talk here on Costume Station Zero. Costume Station Zero.